Jeff Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? And jumped onto Wikipedia. I was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, <laughs> as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 44 of the Star Wars Archives, the Utility Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Puru out of it. I'm Jose, aka Joxie in the Utiniverse, although I think right now I am Joxie and T. Tumparaki because we know that this is your premier Jackson <laughs> podcast, but today we're not here to talk about that. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about in a second after I introduce my co-host here. Um, Trevor, Trev, how you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media, and I've read over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. So for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a lively, unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs. I will do as little research as possible, although in this case we have done both exactly the same amount of research, <laughs> and, uh, which is watching some telly <laughs> and we could talk about anything star wars legends canon books comics tv video games even miscellaneous newspaper clippings and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour or so yes and uh well today it's been exactly two days as we're, we're recording this <laughs> it's been exactly two days since the finale of obi-wan kenobi aired and we're here to tell you everything you may have missed in this disney plus limited series A.K.A. season one of a possibly multi-season show? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yes or no? It depends on who you are. Uh, I mean, we more Star Wars is always welcome, so yes, possibly, definitely a season two. Anyways, uh, we do realize that by the time most of you listen to this, it might be months or years down the line or just a few days after... And, uh, you know, and everyone, including Utini's Bounty Hunt podcast, they've been doing proper breakdowns of all the episodes and the series. So, Trev, I think that today we just got to let's try to keep all the kind of like recappy stuff to a minimum and oh, just yeah. focus on what we do best here at the Star Wars Archives, which, you know, it should be to focus on those obscure references that you have in your personal library but you know let's be honest i mean ev- <laughs> like, everybody listening has seen the show exactly. i don't really need to remind anybody what yes happened. which is you know just constantly going on tangents other than the one that we're here to talk about <laughs> um having said that just to get it out of the way trev just what are your uh, general impressions of the show which you know without getting going into any specifics necessarily just generally what did you think and uh yeah, then I'll, I'll I'll do mine, and then we can get going with the show. Okay, so I liked it. I loved most of it. I was underwhelmed by a few bits here and there, but, you know, we're not going to nitpick. I actually loved the fact that it was a layer show. Mm-hmm. 
not really an Obi-Wan show. Mm. He he was a side character. <laughs> and and I loved that about yeah. it. I, I thought everything with Leia in was top-notch. Um, so, yeah, no real complaints. Now, question, and, I, and I'll get to my impressions in a, in a second, but we know that I didn't watch any... <laughs> Uh, trailers. Yes, you didn't watch any trailers. Uh, do, they never showed Leia there, right? That was sort of a kept no, secret, no, like a was... Grogu? Yeah, com- well, I say completely secret. I was spoiled about Leia on Reddit about six months ago. Okay. Um, okay. And pretty much the plot of the whole show. <laughs> um, it, it was out there. People had got it, and it was pretty accurate. Oh, wow. And, at the time I read it, you know, because I find things and I spoil myself and I shouldn't. Yeah. And I was reading it going, okay, that that sounds good. Bits of it, I was like, well, there's no way they're going to do that. <laughs> or that's not going to get mentioned. Um, and it was all completely bang on. So yeah. she wasn't in the trailers. But as soon as we saw Older on, I was like, man, they were right. Wow. <laughs> they, they were on the money. Yeah. So it was obviously somebody working very closely with the... Not with a show, because I imagine there's people working in all different departments who don't know what they're filming. You know, they only yeah. have knowledge of the scenes that they filmed. So whoever leaked this had access to the actual script of the whole yeah. season. Yeah. And just threw it online. And it stayed buried <laughs> on Reddit, luckily. It it didn't blow up. Well, so I think that's the fortunate thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think um, I did watch the... Well, I did watch a, a look. Did I watch a trailer right before watching the first episode? Because we were in celebration, and I was like, I mean, I I did get some, you know, little bits and pieces there. Um, yeah. And um, but, anyways, uh, my general impressions of the show. A lot of I think some really really like high highs overall. Just some really fun, cool moments. Uh, lots of spectacle that were just like, yeah, really fun to watch. I'm definitely glad we got the show, uh, the series. But yeah, there's there were definitely moments where I was just like, really, like, is this what <laughs> what you would do right now? Or I don't know. There, there's just some maybe like logic issues that I I saw throughout. Um, and so yeah, I mean, like, I gen- generally I liked it. It was it was good. Um, I enjoyed it. Of course, there's always going to be notes in every TV show that ever exists. I watch enough TV yeah. show too to be able to be like, well, yeah, like <laughs> compare and contrast. I guess in my own world, you you do watch a lot uh, of TV. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I think that um, generally, general impressions would be that it was it was a fun show. Of course, I would I have I have my notes. Um, Ewan looked amazing. I think this is the the, the hottest um kenobi we've gotten <laughs> to date in <laughs> uh, all of it uh and hayden also did a great job and uh man you have you have weird taste in men if that's the hottest you and oh yeah well in star wars the hottest hottest obi-wan yeah, yeah still what? still like surely episode three no no this is this is the most attractive. broken desert man this is the most attractive <laughs> most attractive kenobi <laughs> Uh, ben is the most attractive Kenobi. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I think, you know, as we'll, we'll sprinkle in some of these, you know, personal thoughts, I guess, here and there as we kind of, um, as we go through, through the series and break some of these things down. 
Sound, sound good? Okay. Yeah? Yes. All right. Well, then, before we actually get into it, let's just do the little bit of, uh, you know, housekeeping, which is that this show is possible thanks to all the people supporting us either through Patreon subscriptions or getting some of our merch if you'd like to help us out as well. Go to uh, utini.com slash merch and go to patreon.com slash utini. And when you become a member, not only do you get access to all of our episodes in advance, you will also get a bunch of other utini member exclusives. So if you're listening to this, you know, whatever, two months down the line, three months, whenever this goes out on public, if it would have been more fun for you to listen to this right after the series finished so that you were still more, had everything more fresh in your head, then go to utini.com slash or patreon.com slash utini, probably maybe utini.com slash patreon. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's both. Go, yeah. Go find us, and then you will get this <laughs> right, you know, a little closer to when it is actually recorded. Because we are completely topical all the time. Yes. But, I mean, we do make an effort to make it, like, work down the line, right? But Sometimes. 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 But, you know, it is... Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Okay, now, Trev, let's just yes. let's get going with the show. Um, what do you? Let's. I mean, I guess we just should just go down chronologically uh, through. Yeah. So you've you've got an interesting take on the way that the six episodes were framed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm not gonna full on. I don't know who came up with this with this uh, this idea. I know I heard it from like somewhere else, but I thought it was a really cool and interesting way to to uh, divide the series, which is that the six episodes, the six parts of this limited series, follow the six episodes of the you know the first six episodes of the Skywalker saga. So we got part one of the Kenobi series, which is set in Tatooine like Phantom Menace was. We got part two, which we got Detective Kenobi where he, he's like sleuthing around and just trying to figure out the mystery and you know what's going on. It is also largely set in Dayu, which is kind of similar to a Coruscant. This hadn't occurred to me, but like Attack of the Clones where he's chasing up a poison mm-hmm. dart which leads into Kamino and yeah. leads into Geonosis. Yeah, Detective Kenobi. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we get uh, part three. You know, you're charring up your brother. and <laughs> So uh, episode three, obviously, was the other way around with, uh, with Anakin being burned alive. And then here we get his uh, revenge. Oh, revenge of the Sith. There, there we go. Um, <laughs> okay. He starts to get his revenge. Uh, part four, infiltrating an Imperial base to save Leia. I mean, that's pretty obvious right there. Part five is a training episode. We get the flashbacks of uh, of Obi Wan and Anakin training, and that's also you know when Luke is away training in Dagobah. So to me, that's there's a little bit of a parallel there. So you know, you kind of get. I, th- I think that that one's the weakest link. I'll I'll say yeah. it right now. I think that's the weakest. Yeah. link. The rest are pretty good. Yeah, and then the last one is obviously then the return of the Jedi. Now, Obi Wan is back with all his powers. He's you know, and, and the conclusion of the whole series, and uh, yeah, so we you know paralleling paralleling that to a now like powered Luke. So I mean, it's 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 hard to disagree with that. To be fair, yeah, no, it's like doesn't like it's like I don't know. 
so we know that this series was originally conceived of as a movie, right? Years ago. And yes. some of that has remained as they turned it into a TV show. I personally, you know, I'm like, some. sometimes I'm like, maybe this would have worked better as a movie still because there was just a, some weird padding here and there that happened as they were trying to make it into, a, you know, a series and just have multiple episodes. Or I'm like, maybe you should have had a few more episodes so that we could have just like sat with Riva a little longer and understand her like motivation a little bit better. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm yeah. at as well. I think... I think it could either be a fantastic four-hour movie yeah. or we needed a couple of extra <laughs> Yeah, episodes. exactly, exactly. That's... So maybe they just... And again, that's such a weird place to complain about. <laughs> I know, I know, but... Sorry, it, it wasn't quite the right amount of Star Wars for me. <laughs> I needed less or more. Yeah, so... Like it's like the weirdest Goldilocks. Exactly. <laughs> maybe they just needed to, you know, finish the whole, you know, go to nine parts and then do a parallels to the <laughs> sequel trilogy as well. I don't know what they can be maybe hey you guys in uh in our uh in our discord if you want to talk about that and come up what the other three can be go for it because i don't want to do that right now live when we have a lot of other material to cover uh but i might be thinking about it and maybe i'll share some of my thoughts on discord okay so so yes we have our grumbles yes we have stuff that we love but this is the Star Wars archives, right? You're here for a very specific niche. <laughs> and there were some things in this show that blew me away. Okay. Like, they did some research. Yeah. So, let's just talk straight away from the opening. So, we did a whole episode on the Inquisitors, yes. right? Can you remember me saying... The there's an Inquisitor we haven't yes, met yet. Yes, yes, I did. And when I saw... I, I wasn't quite expecting it to be the cat lady. Uh-huh. And I didn't quite get the cybernetics around the back of the head, right? Yeah. I don't know whether that was a shot that was changed in the trailer. Yeah. But there was definitely one we haven't yeah. seen. So, win for Trev with his, <laughs> with his slowing down and zooming in on yeah. trailers. By the way, Ariel, we, we actually haven't uh, just... Trev and I haven't actually spent a lot of time talking about this series. So, a lot of this is also is actually going to be new for both of us and in our general opinions about what happened in the show we we have exchanged some messages here and there because we're largely unscripted yes exactly Um, (laughs) so so yeah so whatever reactions we are having are completely honest and real so yes so yeah you're actually hearing us discuss the show really for the first time (laughs) um anyways (laughs) keep going i'm sorry i just wanted i I thought it because i thought it was important to say that for whatever reason so so yeah, so brand new, brand new Inquisitor. Again, we're not gonna we're not gonna recap the show. You've you've all seen it. So we from from here on bit, I'm gonna talk about what I want to talk about. Jose's gonna talk about what he wants to yes. talk about. <laughs> so like the first thing do. I want to do is yep. First thing I want to do is just jump straight to Alderaan. Okay. So little layer, fantastic, brilliant. Um, the first thing we see is she's run off, but they've got a big dinner that night. Yeah. Because. Brea Organa, Leia's adopted mother, or the other way around, I don't know. Mm. Her sister is visiting. Now, her sister doesn't get any real screen time. You know, we see her cousin. And she's not named in the show. But the credits list her as... Now, this could be called Kelly, or it could be Selly. C-E-L-L-Y. Mm. Let's go with let's go with Selly, so it's more spacey than Kelly. So, <laughs> Selly Organa. Okay? Uh-huh. 
Now, Sally Organa comes from Legends. She originated in the book The Children of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And she's mentioned in that book as Leia's aunt. Oh. She's up, there's also um, a comic strip in the Star Wars Tales series that sees her being, you know, faffed by her aunts as they try to turn her into this prim and proper princess, which she absolutely isn't and rebels against it. So, again, very similar to what we yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. But in Children of the Jedi, she's Bale's sister, oh. not Bria's sister. So that's, you know, so maybe that's the research didn't go far enough, or maybe that's a deliberate choice. Um, who knows? But again, it's from the very first episode, we see a massive Legends pullback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a... I, I don't know why they would purposely change it from the sister of one to parent to the other i don't but do you remember in a episode i can't even remember which episode it was but we did we talked about kind of the the backstory changing about brea where people uh, authors didn't know if she was mm -hmm. dead or not or yes whether she died tragically yeah. and all this spin there's there's uh there's all these weird um subtle bylines going on mm -hmm. now in canon that are giving a whole new sort of um, backdrop to the Brea-Bale relationship, yeah. where it might not be the case that she is the the prominent figure on Alderaan, who Bale married into the Organa family. Yeah. So Bale took the Organa name yes. rather than his wife. Yeah, I mean... So there's that whole thing going on as well, which, you know, I'm, I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, and it, it might be that, yeah, I mean, because we have... We saw, you know, we have Jimmy Smiths in the in the prequel series, and we have, seen, you know, we know how Bale is. Uh, you know more. We know more about him than just yeah. giving Leia's mother a sister. Then starts to also, yeah, add more to her backstory. So maybe that would, if there was any reason to give her a, you know, to make that choice of changing who this aunt was a sister to. Uh, it might be that that they're just trying to fill up more, give give her more of a backstory. But also, can we can we just take a moment to appreciate how good Jimmy Smith was oh. in ev every single? Well, well like, I, sorry to raise my issues, but I wish my dad looked at me like that. Jimmy Smith <laughs> was great. However, however, Trev, <laughs> Bail yes. Organa makes one very very stupid mistake. <laughs> Where. Why does he even talk about Luke <laughs> in that I mean, message? He, it, it's not it's not the message that's so bad. It's the voicemail in episode four or five that's bad. That's what, no, yeah, so, that, well, that's... Oh, you're on about that's that what one, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead, but I'm just like, <laughs> okay. come on, man, like... He's he's desperate. He was you're a desperate all, man. You're like, all stealthy about turn. everything else. You don't want anyone to find out that that Leia was kidnapped, and then you're you know you know this dude is like undercover doing all this stuff, and then you just leave leave him a message that just talks about yeah Luke. He, he could have said <laughs> he could have said don't forget about the other kid with that guy in the other place. I mean. He, he could have said that. He doesn't say anything, but I mean, like, come on. <laughs> There's definitely. I mean, we, it does also mean that Owen is quite a unique name in the Star Wars galaxy. Yes, yes. She met one Owen. Yes. And then gets a voicemail from completely related people going, ah, oh, it must be that guy. <laughs> so Owen is a very unique Fun fact, name. That's my middle name. That is your middle Owen name? Owen is my middle oh. name. It is, okay, yeah. Okay, well, Trevor yeah. Owen. 
I don't think I knew Fun that. Fun fact. Maybe I did. No. I don't know. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So we're going back to, so we're talking, you know, we were in, um, in Alderaan. It was really cool to see Alderaan because we hadn't never seen it yes. really except for being blown up before. Right? Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of scenes in Revenge of a Sith, I think. Maybe they're even in the deleted okay. scenes. But there is definitely some footage. This is the most yeah. older one we've ever seen. Well, I mean, the most older one we've ever yeah. seen are probably the asteroids in an evil. <laughs> That's probably the most older yes. one we've seen yes. on screen at once. Yes. Um, no, but it, this, this is the most living yes. older one we've ever seen. No, I, I really appreciated that because I think that seeing that now, it does, you know, now that we know, like, it's a beautiful planet. Like, it's, like lush, the mountains, the, the buildings. Everything about it, and that's that's all. That's all from established art yeah. and stuff like that. That's all that the iconography of Aldrin has been established for a long, long yeah. time. And what we saw ties directly into that. Um, even if you go back and look at the like the, the video trailers for the Old Republic game that had the Battle of Aldrin, it's it's the same really? thing. You know, the the building and the design. It's so that's been set yeah. for a while, and it's great that they. They do lean into that. Yeah, well, um, it's just like it, it gives, you know, now when we see it explode in uh, in A New Hope, <laughs> it just gives it that much more weight because we're like, dude, that was, a, you know, if it had been Tatooine, it'd be like, ah, it's just a lot of sand, like whatever. But, you know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like a beautiful planet and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe that. And uh, But, I mean, that's, um, that just goes to show of the, the power of, that planet and the politics yeah. because they're, a, they're they're a pacifist planet you know they're very un warlike it's all about uh diplomatic solutions and you know that's kind of the, the planet's ethos yeah and the reason it's targeted is because how threatening that is to the empire yeah you know and i hope we see that explored a bit more in Andor and stuff as well. I want to see, you know, Leia in 10 years as a senator trying to take a diplomatic solution and yeah. actually threatening the Empire. Yeah, no, that's something that I was, like, thinking about actually just last night when I was uh, I was um, with Andor. Um, that would be... Andor is five years before um, A New Hope, right? Yeah, so, yeah, they said it's five years before Rogue One. And over the course of the two seasons, yeah, which should be twenty four episodes, it'll take us right up to Rogue One. So, so it's going to be some time. So this there. is five years after Kenobi. Yes. So I'm like, so when I I did the math, I'm like, wait, hold on. So are we possibly getting a bit of, you know, we probably will get a little bit more bail. We'll, you know, very possibly, and we might even get. On Kenobi, like they could, we could. I, I I don't think so. I think that would be the wrong story to. It would be the in. wrong story, but it could happen. Like it might, or what I, something could be. What I don't want to see now yeah. is more Leia yeah. ever, if it doesn't involve this actress. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, know, she's great. If, if I, so, she's six years old. Yeah. If I have to wait another. 10 years uh-huh. to get a 16 year old Leia series uh-huh. then it's worth it as long as this actress does it <laughs> alright well speaking of her she mentions the Mersin pirates um, oh here we go okay, here we yeah, go yeah, so yeah. 
Do you know this about them? This had me grinning like a fool. This <laughs> had me grinning like a fool. Now, so again, we, we've said this before. We watched it as a celebration. Loads of us in a yes. row. Eric nearly blew his mind when Bail Organa came on. Uh-huh. Leia mentioned Aquilian Rangers and Merson Pirates. Yes. I mean, damn it. <laughs> these are some deep cuts. Now, these definitely, definitely came from Pablo Hidalgo. There's no other way around. Yeah. Now, yes, I've had to research to get my facts right. Uh-huh. I knew that I knew them as soon as it was mentioned. My ears, ears perked up. I knew that these were deep cuts, but I've had to get my facts straight for you, dear listener, to make sure that I don't <laughs> lead you astray. So, Aquilian Rangers were in some of the earliest drafts of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. They were in the script. They were part of the Rebel Alliance. There's even some Macquarie concept art. You you must know this piece, Jose. It's for one of um, a guy with a lightsaber and a, like a breathing mask facing down Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. I think Do you know so. the piece I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So that is Deke Starkiller in the original script, who is a member of the Aquilian Rangers. It's not Luke. It's like a prototype Luke in the very, very early scripts. Interesting. But I'll make sure we put that in our Discord so everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yes. And then Merson Pirates are from the original Marvel 1977 run, issue 24, which is called Silent Drifting, which is the first and the last for a long time after this story of obi-wan's younger days as a jedi knight yeah fighting against the merson pirates yes. now what's really interesting about this story is that it's got it's it's a flashback it's leia telling this story of obi-wan's adventures to han and luke on the falcon oh so she knows she well aware who obi-wan is was yeah so for all those people who are saying, well, it breaks continuity of time. <laughs> no, it doesn't at all. She's always, you know, she's she was... always known him. Yeah. So that, um, the hologram of General Kenobi, you were for my father, you know, yes, he did. All of that is, is true. She was making a very formal request for help. Yeah. And then one of the best things about the way this show has changed the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Is that scene where Luke says he's there with Ben Kenobi? She's like Ben Kenobi, where? Because she knows this guy. Yeah, yeah. And if he's on the case to help her, then she's well up for it, you know, because she knows who he is, what he's capable of, has had dealings with him. Yeah. And that's possibly something that you know wasn't explored later because Luke had the relationship with Ben, yeah. but it all makes sense. It all really works well. It it helps me. When I see this and knowing that they had a bit of a relationship, um, you know, established relationship before, it it helps me recon- reconcile the fact that she calls her son Ben because yeah. I mean I'll she, when in episode four when they when you know when when he I mean he, I guess he is killed but when he turned you know he, he becomes one with the force let's put it that way right because there's no body afterwards but when he yeah. becomes one with the force you know and and Lucas you know is like oh no Ben but Leia doesn't have much of a reaction right so yeah yeah which is a little like you know if they had they knew each other and he saved her life when she was young well no she her have, reaction like, is her reaction is, we've got to go. Yeah. So she's, she's still being the pragmatic yeah. one in that yeah. scene. 
but he's the emotional one. Yeah, true. But then, um, so so yeah. So, but I always was like, you know, they didn't really know each other very much. So, like, why would she, her, and Han call their son Ben? So this to me um, helps connect those dots and just be like, oh yeah. So of course, like Ben Kenobi was someone who was meaningful to Leia and to the you know to. Skywalker, I guess, family as a whole. So it's it's uh Yeah, and it so in, in Legends it's Luke that names his son Ben. Right. Ben Skywalker. Right. But like you said, this show has been in the pipeline for a long time. Yeah. It was gonna be a movie. So this script with Leia's involvement was probably bandying around when they were writing mm. the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Or, you know, at least after, around the time the first one was released. So these ideas, it's that long-form storytelling that we're not privy to that really pays dividends with this. Yeah. No, so, and the one thing, so going back to this comic um, with the, what is it, Versen, Mercer, how do you? Mercen Pirates. So. As in mercenaries. Okay, there we go. It's not very subtle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how I typed it, but that was like, from what I could hear, I wasn't sure if that's how it was spelled. But I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't writing something completely <laughs> off. But one thing it, that it, I... No, your spelling is wrong. Okay. It's M-E-R-S-O-N. Okay, Mercen. Okay. <laughs> but if it's from Mercenary, then my... Anyways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there is a... I did see Obi-Wan's... Uh, uh, well, how he's dressed in that flashback. And he's kind of wearing this sort of like skin-tight black suit with like a white belt or something. And yeah, he looks like a badass. He looks like yeah, he looks like a superhero. And I just thought <laughs> yeah. it was very interesting because you know, one thing that I've also heard about this series, like you know, really, so Obi Wan Kenobi is in hiding, and when he goes out into the world, he just puts on a Jedi robe to hide. You know, when he's trying to be incognito, and he has this, this ratty old brown robe that everyone now associates with the jedi which so when people have asked like brought that up to me i'm like well okay so hold up first of all not every you know there's a bunch of planets in here the jedi have all been sort of exterminated it's not that common to have a jedi around not everyone has met a jedi so not everyone necessarily like jedi are a bit of a myth type of like thing right now so him wearing brown robes doesn't necessarily mean jedi to anyone right now but the other thing that i um the real world uh sort of um well the reality behind the show or or behind those decisions right as far as i i understand is that when you know when a new hope happens and and we have alec guinness as obi-wan he's dressed with the brown robes and that was just supposed to be to be just the you know what a hermit in Tatooine yeah. dresses like, so he is yeah. dressed in what people from there would have dressed like. It wasn't until covered himself from the sun exactly. So it wasn't until the prequels where they're like, well, now we need to see what Jedi look like, and that's when they decided to make Jedi look like Obi Wan did hooded monks exactly. And so that was not the original intent. And I think that's what why this comic book series shows Obi Wan looking like a skin black skin suit superhero. <laughs> um, yeah, and with a, you know because there, like, there was like a glossy. very different a very different vision of what a Jedi Knight right was in the seventies right you know right and, and this is the only example until 
Really? Until the prequels? Yeah. Of a visual of that era. So was there nothing else visually done or described in terms of what the Jedi... I mean, yeah, like what they look like? The whole era was kind of off limits. Okay, okay. So they weren't really allowed to dive into that, which is why a lot of... um, Until the prequels came out, all of Legends really was forward-looking. Yeah, I get it. Driving the timeline forward rather than ever going backwards because... They couldn't contradict yeah. what George Pan would do it. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so I think that that was just something that, to me, I found interesting just in terms of the wardrobe and, and also just... But he did have those kind of, like, bluish robes, too, in the series that I thought were yeah. really cool looking. And I really like... And that white shirt also at the end with the goggles, another really cool Oh, wait, look. wait. We're going to get to that. <laughs> okay. Believe me, we are okay. going to get to okay. that. But one more thing while we're talking about that scene where Leia's ship spot him. Yeah. So she talks about the tri-wing. Mm-hmm. And they, you see a shot yes. of this tri-wing yes. going on. That tri-wing was designed as a partnership between Lucasfilm and Porsche, who oh. make the sports cars. Yeah. So that that was um, part of a promotional tour for Rise of Skywalker. They worked together. They designed this ship. You go on the website, find out how the designers worked together, the similarities between that and Porsche, and how they really tried to put Porsche's um, sort of um, design aesthetic uh-huh. onto a Star Wars ship. And I think that's the first time we actually see it on screen. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice, that's like a yeah, cool real world tie. So that's that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we see on a screen, a live action screen for the first time, mm-hmm. is a Feline. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, one of the, yeah. And that part of Flea's crew. That was very cool. Turns out they're really clumsy. But apart from that... Uh, I was, yeah, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Grievances, yes. That's, that's, <laughs> they did not have... I don't know. It's We know Leia is... It's no different to Stormtroopers bumping their heads. <sighs> yeah, but come on, man. It may even have been deliberate. I mean, they, the thing is, they could they didn't have to write it. I know that it was deliberate. <laughs> it, I think they, Maybe they didn't. We'd, Maybe she actually tripped during the scene. We just... Who knows? We don't need, we don't need two chase scenes where, to show that Leia, this little Leia, is, like, is snappy or, and, and, like, you know, like, that she's smart and that she can, like, you know, she's quick, quick, on, her, quick on her toes or whatever, quick on her feet. Uh, but... Um, She's a tiny little girl. They should have cut after her a lot yeah, more yeah. easily. But, um, okay. And but part of that crew, we also have uh, Flea from the Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers. Who yeah. look like Flea. <laughs> yeah. That one took... I, I didn't know he was going to be in the show. And when I heard about it, I was like, oh, that's cool. But then even the way no. he's dressed, I'm like... Is that Star Wars? Like, I think he was just, he just came in dressed like that, filmed his, like, thing. And so, left. like, one of my other favorite movies of all time is Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, I think Back to the Future is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And every time Flea turns up in that, it's like, it's just Flea. Yeah. yeah. It really pulls Flea. me out. Yeah. Of yeah. It, it um, pulled me out too. I'm like, well, that's Flea. But, uh, yeah, for yeah. those of you who didn't know, yeah, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, uh, like, has he got just, like, some weird blackmail on people? Where he's like, you need to put me in a show. I, I or certain know. things are getting leaked to the press. I know he collaborates a lot with other bands and musicians. Like, he's, I mean, he's prolific like that. But every yeah. now and then he shows up on, on movies and TV shows. And I'm like, there's Flea again. So and, he, and he's not a great actor. No. So, you know, no one's, 
No one's casting him in Shakespeare. <laughs> he hasn't. He hasn't earned his dues. Yeah. But anyway, so let's let's move on from Flea. Okay. Uh, so we're on episode two now. Since we're talking about yes Flea, I've got to jump straight to Cornhorn. Cornhorn. It's got to be done. <laughs> so in the scene where is it? Uh, wait, hold on. So is it Cornhorn? I mean. They don't. They never say the last name, right? It's so. It's we're talking no, about the little kid. They never say the last name. He is credited as Corin. Yeah. His mother is credited as Niche. Uh-huh. Now I don't know how this is pronounced. N Y C H E. It could be Niche. It could be Niche. It could be Nietzsche. Who who knows? Um, but that's the same name as Corin's mother in Legends. Mm-hmm. And we also see Corin's father mentioned later on yes on one of the walls as jedi survivors right so yes it's corin horn okay. <laughs> but, but, but no ifs no buts it's definitely corin horn. yeah i'm sure it will never go any further uh... i very much doubt i but again someone writing this did their research yeah i mean you know we got here the protagonist completely of one of different backstory f- favorite you know most beloved uh star wars novels i jedi uh, as we all know um, yep, I mean, absolutely. It, it, <laughs> if we weren't already taken up with Jackson, we'd probably turn into an iJedi podcast. Yes, even though I've never read it. Um, but yes, that's probably, I mean, because Utini needs an iJedi exclusive podcast. Yes. Yes. There we go. Chapter by chapter for the next 30 episodes. Right. That would be, that would, that would be good. <laughs> you, could do a ch- you could do a chapter every two weeks, right? I can. Yeah. And, and I know, and I know <laughs> that... Corey Next is going to be our number perk. one fan for this. <laughs> yes. For this. Uh, this. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So Cornhorn. Um, anything else you want to talk say about ne- Cornhorn? Nearly, nearly broke the internet. Um, well, I don't think we need to say anything more about Cornhorn. He's in it. He's now canon. Yeah. Of all the people they could have chosen, they chose yeah. Corin. Great. Um, what about uh, what do you think about Lola? Thing... Oh, I love Lola. <laughs> I think thought she was incredible. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly love the designs that we do with the droids these yeah. days. Every new droid from, you know, BB-8, BD-1, uh, the Dio guy from Rise of Skywalker. Yes. I, I think they're all yeah. incredible. Um, and really, really cute as well, until she's evil. But, you know, really <laughs> she cute. was still a cute evil. Uh, <laughs> I liked her a lot, too. The, the one thing is that I, I thought she looked... Did you ever see um, uh, Batteries Not Included, the movie from, like, the yes. 80s? Yes, yeah, that definitely crossed my mind. So that was the first thing I thought about um, with, with a paint job. Exactly, exactly. So, but that was like, I'm like, oh wait, hold on, that's just from batteries not included, little flying saucer. Uh, but then the other thing that I thought about is, okay, so where is she? Where, where's Lola after after the series? Because obviously she's not around in the original trilogy. So, well, I mean, she's Leia grows out of a droid like that. You know, it's a kid's droid. So, you know, at, at some point it would have been passed down to other kids. That's my head cannon. Okay, I like that because I mean, she obviously, she, <laughs> she, I I like that she's always had a, a good relationship with droids, right? So we did get yes. that cameo from from three uh, PO and R two D two in that like you know luncheon dinner whatever thing that was. Um, and made perfect sense as well. Yeah, it 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 just reminds you that they are part of your Ghana household. Right. Right. So I like that she, from a very young age, she had her own droid that she also uh, respects and, and, you know, that treats well and everything. So, but 
um yeah no i'm i'm just curious to know where she goes and what happens after after this it'd be a cool little like youtube ser- mini series or something or like one of those like uh droid tales that they've done in the past like honestly i think that we're going to see as much lola as we have grogu she, that droid is going to sell far too much merch <laughs> yes. to be benched yeah and she and the tiny little restraint like little restraining bolt thing that they put on her yeah that was it was so tiny it was like a, it was like a jubilee clip who's Who's making these? Like, who in the Empire is like, you know, sometimes we need a really, really, really tiny thing. Because, like, they did it for Grogu, too, where they had the little, like, uh, little, like, like handcuffs that they gave him. I'm like, who is aware that there's, or maybe they just 3D print this stuff, like, on the go. <laughs> so, I mean, the the Empire does have a, a whole thing of, you know, kidnapping children. Yes, uh, true. Especially for sensitive. So, you're going to need some small handcuffs just just in case you're ever asked to kidnap a but, child i mean but even a child's like wrist I'm sure it's would not be a job bigger than grogu's but... <laughs> like grogu well, is well, well, yes. tiny and <laughs> this restraining bolt they put on lola is minuscule so but... however so in mandalorian they knew what they were looking for true moff gideon knew what he was after so he probably had them custom made mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay okay just, just keeping them rounded okay. like his his yeah. little key pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Okay. F- fair enough. And But Reva had this tiny restraining bolt because... She's an Inquisitor. Oh, the restraining bolt. Uh, you know, it's small. They can carry loads of them. Oh, got, you know, a wallet full of them. <laughs> Just in case. Just a pocket with like 50 of these things. Because they're just yeah, sort of like... <laughs> yeah. You never know. You never know. Probably got like a... It's like Batman. She's got an Inquisitor's utility belt. Yeah. You never know what you're going to need. <laughs> She's just throwing that. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. All right. Okay. Uh, Head cannon. Head <laughs> cannon. Uh, anything else on this episode? Yes. So, I know it's something that we've spoke about before. You pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> just bringing back like cameos and all that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, yeah, um, the girl that is selling drugs in uh Dayu that's uh Ewan McGregor's actual daughter and uh yeah I mean I, I mean I don't know there's if there's that much more to say about it but it was just kind of like a cool thing for him to to bring her there now for me it's all about the drugs that they're selling okay okay so we see glitter stim being mentioned and so that that's is... like a very <laughs> <laughs> it's it's spice. It's a variant of spice. So oh. the Jedi Academy trilogy, when Han and Chewie get trapped on Kessel, and they're down in the mines with the spice, uh, the the Kessel spiders. Mm-hmm. It's glitter stim, but they're mining. That's for refined. Oh yes, of I remember this. Spice. Yes. So that again, that's a massive thing to see on a screen and to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She mentioned all these different like drugs, and I'm like, all right, that's cool. There's there's more than just. I spice. mean, they also mentioned like the the one thing that was weird to me that was. They mention glitter stim, but then they mention Kessel Pure. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if glitter stim comes from Kessel because of the spiders, that would be Kessel Pure. But you know, maybe there's another Kessel Pure. Who I mean, knows? You know, it's just like it's it's just another strain of it. You know, like they they may have like mixed it with something else, or maybe one. I don't know. It it was harvested in a different way. You know how they just. It sounds cool though, Kessel Pure. And also, Zach Braff, talking of cameos, I thought that guy was cool. Mole Man. He was cool. 
I mean, he was obviously an asshole, but he was cool. Yeah, I I liked him. I did not catch that it was uh, it was Zach Braff until after, and I'm not, like, oh, not okay, a die at the cool. time. I was I was like, I know the voice. Yeah, and sometimes you can tell with these cameos, but it's it's someone famous. Yeah, yeah, you know, because of, and I was the whole time I was like, I know that voice. I know yeah. that voice. But I probably wouldn't have got it in a million years. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously straight away then people are going, oh, that, that's Zach Braff. But yeah. that also means that they're both in Star Wars now yeah. from Scrubs. No, I mean, I, I do. So Donald, Donald Faison and Zach Braff are now both in Star Wars. Yeah. No, I mean, I something that I appreciated about that character um, was also just showing regular people being okay yes. with the empire and just saying hey like things needed to get more organized like absolutely there was too much it's... chaos and this and that and he's you know he's not seeing all the evil that it's also that's also happening but there's definitely at least at this point in the you know in the empire there's people that are glad and happy about what happened <laughs> yeah if you're going to talk about horrific but also completely understandable real world analogies. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the scene when he goes on and sees the flag on the back of the mm-hmm. speeder, mm-hmm. you know, I'm British, so I don't need to tell you guys what that was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, again, so moving on, moving on. <laughs> All right. Next episode. So talking about that. Talk, yep. Talking about that speeder ride. Let's talk about Obi-Wan's brother. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Her, his, uh, his, well, we don't know anything about him having a brother before other than, I know you've mentioned it before, that Owen was originally supposed to be his brother, right? Yes, in the original Return of a Jedi script. Yeah. And in the novelization, it mentions that uh, Obi-Wan has a brother called Owen. The mm-hmm. novelization doesn't make it clear that it's, Owen Lars Mm -hmm. but then I haven't gone back to check this but I have have a vague vague memory of the Jedi Apprentice books also talking about Obi-Wan having similar memories of a brother to what we see in the show okay so it's been touched on that he did have a brother before yeah this is not completely new like information no and I don't think it I don't think it's Owen Lars at this stage in storytelling yeah um but I just think it's a nice callback to yeah. previous storytelling. Well, I also like the idea, you know, how it could be a bit of a meta type of reference. How he's like, yeah, I remember having a brother because at one point in my story, yeah, in my at script, one point I did. I had, yes. Oh, it was my brother. <laughs> so I exactly. Like, <laughs> so there's like that kind of like meta referencing of it, um, like, and how you know as we. You know, it's been over 40 years within this franchise, right? But the, obviously the story has evolved <laughs> since then and, and redconned and this and that. So it's just kind of fun to be to think that that was just sort of like him saying, yeah, back in 78, Owen was my brother. And I kind of remember that, but there's been so many other <laughs> yeah. versions of my past now that I, don't, I can't even remember <laughs> which one it was. Um, and that's where this show has been an absolute abundance of riches for me. Yeah. <laughs> for all those so, little callbacks. And <laughs> speaking of abundance of riches. Okay. We see then in the safe house, on the wall, all manner of goodies. Loads of Jedi names listed in mm. Orabesh. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Quinlan Voss definitely survived. Before we even get to the list, he's survived, he's mentioned. Yeah. 
how many people thought he was going to come back into the show at some point? I was hoping that he was going to sh- one. That was one of the cameos we were going to get on like at the last on the last episode or something. But yeah, we've got to <laughs> see him at some point now, yeah. right? They can't just tease us like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it gets really, really weird. So we've mentioned that Valen Halcyon earlier. Yes. So he's on this wall. That's Corrin's dad. Yes. You get Jin Altis and Roganda Ismaran. So they're both mentioned. They come from the same Children of the Jedi book that I spoke about earlier. Now, this is weird because Children of the Jedi is not necessarily being remembered as one of the best Legends books. Okay. It's a very odd book. Um, but Jin Altis essentially led a breakaway group of, group of Jedi that kind of disagreed with the Jedi Code, so did their own thing. In fact, he later trained Callista Ming... Luke's girlfriend from a computer. Yep, I remember yep. her. Um, See, I listen it... to you, man. I listen. Good, good. Sometimes. Uh, Raganda Ismaran in Legends. Uh-huh. She was captured by Inquisitors after the Purge. Okay. And later served as an Emperor's Hand along with Mara Jade. Oh. So they're two very bold choices of name to, to throw in there. You know, there's 101 names they could have chose, but... Did Mara know she, she, there were multiple hands... Because uh, she no, didn't, she didn't in uh, in the Thrawn, original Thrawn trilogy, no, right? I think that's raised in one of the later books. Okay. Because, and that's one of those instances where other people had been given the title of Empress Hand, like Shira Bree and Raganda, and Tim Zahn kind of had a habit of this of having Mara make sly little digs, almost about previous storytelling choices. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm sure that she said in one of the Hands of Thrawn books, because she made a choice about, um, she made a comment about the Emperor not really coming back. That was all just faked to kind of disavow Dark Empire. Yeah. And she made another comment about other people claiming to I be see. Emperor's Hands. I see. I see. But she was the, the Emperor's Hand. Okay. Okay. Um, you also see the name Ikria. Mm-hmm. Now, she's like a really young female Jedi from... A series of web comics that rang on the official Star Wars site called Evasive Action that kind of spanned um, from just before episode three. They tied into Labyrinth of Evil okay. and all the other stuff that was going on um, and showed the aftermath of Order 66. I spoke about these comics before. They're incredible. It's really good storytelling. You get Inquisitor Tremaine in it. She's always in it. Really, really good. And then you get the planet Jabim. Okay. This is what I was talking about at the top of the show. Of all the things they could have chosen, uh-huh. this one just blew my mind. This is why I didn't necessarily believe the leaked rundown that I saw because it mentioned Jabim. Nice. Now, that's taken from the Republic comics that covered the original Clone Wars timeline before the Clone Wars show. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most grueling campaigns of the war for both Obi-Wan and Anakin. They're on this planet for like 50 days fighting a civil war against two, you know, political factions. One was tied with the Separatists. It's gruesome. It's bloody lots of deaths. So not necessarily what we see. Yeah. Also by the end of this arc, you know, the people of Jimmy aren't necessarily friendly to the Jedi. Oh. So that also struck me as a bit of a an odd choice thematically. Yeah. It's an important planet. Yeah. Um, 
but an old choice nonetheless. But I'm still very glad to see it. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if maybe some of that tension is something that they can, you know, they they wrote it in in order to be able to have some possibility for interesting storytelling, like moving forward, if they were to like keep bringing it up or something, or if it was just again just like a, a cool nod and just a cool mention and that's it. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be more of more of that one. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to episode four, mm-hmm. there weren't a load of Easter eggs in this one. You know, it was some well, we, really cool we, visuals. Well, we skipped episode three. Did we? No, we we did episode three. Episode three. Oh. Right. Yes, we did. Sorry. Episode. Yeah. Episode four. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so episode four, we see him on Fortress Inquisitorius. Yes. Which we see in the Fallen Order game. Yes. Um, and again, it it matches pretty well with what we see. Yeah. In fact, Obi-Wan enters pretty much exactly the same way as Cal Kestis does. Yeah. Except that he now but needs someone know, from they, the they inside to open the thing for him. Yeah, they, so. they probably would have sealed it up. By <laughs> <laughs> you know, once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool to see him again with their, uh, what is it called? Their, their rebreather thing. So it was cool to see yes, yes. see Ewan again with that. Uh, so it was a nice little callback too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. This, I, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, a lot of callbacks to to Fallen Order, which I really enjoyed that game. Um, so I, I, the CGI was fine. <laughs> There's moments. I've, I've where seen some. Like, I've seen criticisms of this episode. I've seen criticisms of the series as a whole about the stakes not being high. Yeah. Um, and this episode is probably the least rewatchable for me. Mm-hmm. But on that first watch, I felt the tension. I, felt I know the... they're going to get oh, yeah. away and everyone's fine, but it worked. It all really, really worked. Yeah, I I mean, I don't need the stakes to be life or death necessarily, but there's definitely emotional stakes. And to me, this episode was Reva's strongest episode. Uh, and, yes. And that's... that's I really enjoyed that this episode for like that's what I really liked about this episode and I and I wanted more of that moving forward but to get to start you know I think you start to understand uh, or get a glimpse right of, of how she of how she works and how she operates and I like that you know when she's talking to Leia that there's maybe a little bit of a connection in there so I wanted a little bit more of that moving forward but uh so yeah, no, I mean Moses Ingram. I think she did a fantastic job, uh, especially oh, in this 100%. episode. Uh, it's just sometimes the like, motivations, especially after you know episodes four, uh, five, and six of the show, her motivation seems a little more like really like I didn't really quite buy it. But that's just a writer's fault, really, if anything. But then also episode four gave us Obi Wan Obi Wan doing the spinny thing. Mm-hmm. He did the thing. Mm-hmm. But for like my one big takeaway from episode four really was because he's still struggling yes he's still not using the force or not as connected to the force right and having to do all that and break in and rescue Leia, and he still hasn't regained connection that's kind of where i went into episode five going what's it gonna take yeah yeah what's it gonna take for him to really right let go and right but it tied into the kind of the overall ptsd of the show yes he had a lot of guilt to absolve and that's what was holding him back yes 
No, you know, I, I, I think it may not have. It may not necessarily have come across in the script that way, but that episode highlighted that aspect for me the most. I, I that, mean, you know, what is it going to take? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I felt uh, with him, I, uh, and I, I mean, I think the the whole PTSD thing and and just and the guilt that you see in him. Uh, I mean, it's it's all very to me like it's very clear. Especially when oh yeah, Ewan does a lot with his expression, like facial expression, especially in the first few episodes, where you can see the pain and and everything that he's been carrying. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, no, I think that the emo again this episode, the emotional stakes, I think were definitely there. The tension was there. It's just, I mean, the the one thing is this the episode where that guy was like, "No, I'm not gonna help you. No, I'm not gonna help you. No, I'm not gonna help you." And then he's like, you don't know what the Empire is capable of. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do well, know actually, they, do. they yeah. killed my wife. Okay, I'll help you. But the whole galaxy knows. The whole galaxy <laughs> yeah, knows. Sort of like, been, you've been living on in a rock. Yeah. Everyone knows. <laughs> so it was sort of like, everyone's aware. And okay, I'll help you. And it was like, so it's a, there's a, those are the little sort of like, when, that, when I mentioned was, earlier yeah. that there's some logic things here and there that I'm like, I, you know, fine. I mean, I, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I, I didn't particularly buy that exchange. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like if, end, if it were McGregor comes to me and asks me a favor, and I say, you yeah. know, I can't do it, then it's like, oh, hold on, it's Ewan McGregor asking me. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like at the end of the episode, going back to the whole not being quite connected, he's you know he's trying to smuggle Leia on the coat. Right. He should have been able. He should have just been able to force run, but he knew he could. He wasn't there. Yet. True. And if if trying to escape from an actual imperial fortress, yeah. he still can't bring himself. Well, and I do think it's about him. He couldn't bring himself to connect because the force is always there. Right, it's, it's there, right? Right. So he couldn't bring himself to use it, as opposed to not being able, yeah, to use it. You know, mental block kind of thing. Oh no, hundred percent agree. However, also, I mean. He also probably knows that he doesn't need to use it to force run there at the end because, like... I mean, it, it would have helped. I mean... If he might have gotten the ship before getting noticed. Possibly, <laughs> but at the same time... It would have helped. It's just like... Those, those stormtroopers don't don't give a... Like, they don't care. They Leia is clearly visible. There's a dude with trench coat. There's, like, <laughs> tiny little legs in there. I mean, his... I mean, well, even in the few episodes before, he's just walking around with his robe, and you can very clearly see his lightsabers. I'm like, you're not really trying to conceal yeah. <laughs> that you're a Jedi with a lightsaber very much. And he's like, now you have a whole child, very visible. <laughs> <laughs> and these stormtroopers, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he could have been an alien with four legs. You but can like see Leia. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even close his trench coat. He, you can see her. Okay, move, moving on. Episode five. Yes, episode five. So this one gives us even more Jedi names on a wall. Okay. So one is Drake Logan, who's from the same evasive action comics I mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. But it gives us Corwin Shelvey. Corwin now, this, what? Corwin Shelvey. Okay. This one blew my mind. Okay. So why is that? He was first in. He was first introduced in a short story in Galaxy Guide Number Nine by West End Games. Um, 
he had a few other vignettes and short stories in West End Games stuff. He had history with um, High Inquisitor Tremaine, who we've talked about before. And he was also retconned as being one of the rebels sent on a mission to sabotage the Death Star, along with Kyle Katarn and Shira Bree. Okay. Which is the setting of the interactive VCR board game. One of these where you put the video in and then you play along to it and it's got live action Vader talking to you about stuff. Just like the most bizarre deep pull. And I felt seen in that moment. <laughs> I felt yeah. like somebody wrote that specifically for me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I think... So what were your thoughts? What else What else happened in episode five? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's the, the big one is that... I, I don't, I don't want to be so down on the whole thing, but it was just... Uh, yeah, I mean, the... Grand Inquisitor comes back, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course he comes back. I mean, we know he's alive. Yeah, we, he was we in knew, Rebels. We all knew that. So, I mean, that that whole plot. I, I I will say this. I don't like it. I feel like a lot of modern TV shows. This is not this is not uh, just um, a thing with with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. They kind of did the same thing in Boba Fett, and a lot of other TV shows outside of Star Wars do it. And I and I think it's you know. You know, they're all trying to do this thing that I think Game of Thrones did with the Red Wedding. And for anyone who's watched Game of Thrones, you know what you know the episode. I have not, and I know you have not. Um, but it's this thing where it's this major sort of like twist at the end of an episode that no one is expecting, and then it just sort of like you know, I mean, Game of Thrones was great about doing those kinds of reveals uh, towards the end of their seasons, um, but. They try to do a few twists in this in Obi Wan Kenobi that to me just didn't really pay off, or or tried to set them up like killing. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know Rebels, then then sure, him being alive is like okay, fine. But everyone else that, which I think is a lot of people that have seen Rebels that and just sees it like yeah, he's alive, so we know she didn't kill him. I think it was more about the the machinations of Vader and how he's manipulating her that again, wasn't necessarily written. No, that's what it's about, yeah, it just, but it doesn't necessarily come across. Very yeah. Well. No. Yeah. There's something about it that I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I could have done without that. There was no, to me, there was no real reason to, to do that. But, but that is the, the side of Vader. We don't often get to see, you know, the, the one who is, literally manipulating right. people right for his goal and i wish it had been done better right i'm glad we got to see it i wouldn't want to right. lose it but i want to see more of that vader versus the fighty fighty vader mm -hmm. well okay so he let's talk about this though so he gets stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber yeah and then it's common wound common wound these days reva gets stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber yeah, apparently it's really easy to happen. Darth, it's like stubbing your toe. Darth Vader, I mean, uh, Darth Maul gets split in half in the gut, <laughs> like through the gut. Yep, yep. So, and then, uh, and what's her face in uh, in uh, Mandalorian gets shot with a blaster in the gut and she survives. Yep. Guts, uh, they, they, they don't exist in Star Wars anymore. There's, there's nothing there. There's no vital organs there. Except. They've them to be in other parts of their bodies. Except for Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. He's the only <laughs> he's supposed to be really powerful and he's the only one that doesn't seem to know. 
<laughs> yeah, that hey, never evolved. This is a, this is a, this is nothing in this universe. It's just your gut. Maybe he did that like um, Doctor Strange thing in Avengers, where he looked at thirteen million other ways the universe was yeah. going to go and decided that me dying now, so Obi Wan can train Anakin. For Anakin fought to the dark side and yeah. join. Palpatine and rule the galaxy was the, yeah that was better than the alternative. That was uh in my head canon is something like that where I'm like okay so the only reason <laughs> that this works for me is if, if he had to die in order to to kind of like reopen the connection to the Force so that now we can have Force Ghosts again. So sort of like uh if, you know not to get too much into religion and hopefully this is not very like blasphemous or anything but he was sort of like you know like the Jesus of the Jedi he had to die in order to open the gates back into the force ghost afterlife but you you do make a very good point but people should stop surviving being stabbed in the gut with a lightsaber <laughs> yes like i'm fine hey cut off your hand that's fine it's yeah, instantly yeah. cauterized it's all good even even a blaster bolt i i can live with you know we've seen black Cassantin survive him being shot yes. seven eight times yes. and stuff stuff like so i can live with a blaster bolt Please stop having people survive being stabbed with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like and when you see people survive. Are they not as powerful as they look? Well, you know? They, yeah. And it, uh, to me, it's just, just actually quite weak. Yeah. It, I mean, to me, it's also just the fact that, like, I mean, again, I don't think that the stakes of a show or a movie or anything have to be the whole life or death thing. But when someone dies and you know they can so easily survive something. It does take, oh, at least like to me, it takes away a little bit from it because I'm like, no, nah, I mean, well, yeah, he'll, it's fine. They can survive this. Oh, there, you know, there's a back to tank. Like, it's fine. Like, like, like why fight? Go on, yeah. just through a kidney. Just yeah. Go on, through a kidney. I'll live. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Anyway, so I mean, that was the, the only uh, the other thing there. I mean, I, the, the fight with uh, um, Vader and Reva was really cool. I think, you um, I have some issues with some of the choreography and in, in the action scenes in other places, but when it came to the actual duels, I, I thought they were really well done. And this one, I, lo- I, I love the whole force grab the lightsaber back. To yes, me. yeah, just, to, just playing yeah. with it, absolutely I mean, playing this with it. Dude, just like loves to play with his food. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's just toying with everyone, and it's just you know, even when he was like torturing Obi Wan in this in the second episode. Oh, the third episode where he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to burn you for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Run away. I'm going to catch you. (laughs) It's all good, man. Like he loves to play with his food. So when he and he's when he's fighting Riva, like she's trying so hard and he's just like, yeah, this, that, like he's not. He just like stop. A mere inconvenience. You're not coming close. Right. But uh, and I did, I did like the moment where he had the two sabers too. There's a stance there that looked very Ahsoka like, so I thought that was a okay. nice little like connection to obviously you know Snips and Sky Guy. Um, yeah, but yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I that was like the first thing I saw when he picked up the two sabers. I'm like, oh, Ahsoka. So because I mean he saw her fighting like that so many times, right? So it was. Well, that's a, that's another thing that um, I think this series has brought is that it has operated on so many levels. So yeah. like you said, that was the first thing you thought was Ahsoka yeah. and that relationship and how that plays into the character of Ada. Right. Whereas, and I'm thinking about Corwin Shelby. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. <know. laughs> There's something for everyone in there. Yeah. All right. Ep- 
Well, and then the going into episode six, the one thing that I also just thought was a little, and you know, it's like the the cliffhanger of like seeing Luke there. I was just a little like, well, I mean, we know he survives, so we know that that is one point where this the whole life or death stakes. I'm like, I I don't think this is a good cliffhanger necessarily. No, I he's not in any real danger. No, I I disagree strongly on this. Do you? Okay, good. I I thought that was a great cliffhanger. Because it's not Luke that's in danger. It's how Obi-Wan's going to resolve that mm-hmm. danger. Mm. And I honestly thought that resolution was going to come from him killing Reva. Yeah. For the greater good. Right. That, and that's a massive... If that had happened, that's a huge character moment. Yeah. No, I... That, so that, there is danger. There's danger for Obi-Wan's soul. I, th- I think... No, I don't disagree with that part at all. So, so that's that's what I got from that cliffhanger. It's like I watched it going, "Oh shit, is he? Is Obi Wan gonna have to kill this girl?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, because we we know some something has to happen, right? We know we do know yeah. that Luke is gonna survive it. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I I got what you described right now when watching the the final episode and seeing them confront each other. So I thought that was handled well. Um, and I liked how, yeah, like how they wrote that. It was just more about like the whole sequence of her, you know, the end of that episode as a cliffhanger and then her trying to like get to Luke. I'm like, we know it's going to be fine. How they resolve it. Especially after being stabbed. Especially yeah, exactly. after being stabbed with a lightsaber. Yeah, so, but, but then how they resolved it at the end with the conversation and all that stuff. I think that was fine. I, yeah, I don't. I didn't need. See, I'll, to... I'll be honest. I would have almost preferred Obi Wan to have to kill her and being okay with it mm-hmm. for the greater good mm-hmm. versus, oh, I didn't kill him. Are, are we good now? Yeah. <laughs> look, I, look, I didn't kill the child. That, yeah. mean, that means I'm fine, right? I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, he, she's killed. Well, that's the other thing too. When she's like, oh, I didn't. Oh, I, you know, I thought of, of myself as a child and blah blah. blah. I'm like. You've already killed a but whole bunch of Leia. other people. Yeah, you tortured you know, Leia. You've killed the whole... going to. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, but anyways, that's fine. Um, so, yeah. I, I like episode. my dark side to mean something. Yeah, exactly. So, last episode. Uh, what else? Um, obviously, so, the big fight. I didn't pick up on a load of Easter eggs in this, because, you know, there, there is a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you the story before we started. I want to tell the story again uh but one of my friends had a real issue with obi-wan picking up all those rocks so bearing in mind this guy's seen last jedi so he's seen what ray could do at the end and it was a callback to to that but he basically said oh you know obi-wan's not that powerful to do that mm-hmm. and i was like dude come on yeah size matters not <laughs> that's that's the uh... moment him being in that him being under all those rocks that's the moment yes he connected yes because one is life's in danger, so it's probably important to do something about that. Yeah. But two, he's trying to stop Vader. Yeah. You know, he's. Oh, let, no, let's talk. Let's talk about that for a bit. Um. Let's talk about what Obi Wan's motivations were. I mean, why why did he go to face Vader? Because I'm, I'm still trying to work this out in my head. So he went to. Buy them time. Yes. But he also went because he wanted to confront 
Vader. Yes. But what we don't see is him trying to appeal to the good in Vader. Is it to stop Vader? Is it because, I don't know, the motivations weren't exactly clear. What's your take? Well, he... He... I think at this point, I don't know if he if he is uh, thinking that there's still any good left in him, right? Yeah, because he wanted to fight him. He wanted. He thought. Yeah, I think that after after he saw everything that Vader was capable of over the last few episodes or the last few parts, as episodes are called in this series, um, I I think that. Uh, yeah, he he thought he's the only one capable of of killing Vader. I think that he it wasn't only a distraction. He's like, you know, this guy is just gonna keep following me, and he's gonna and the Empire. It's you know, it's like it's the only way to save all these people is for me to to stop him. He's only interested in me, and he's too evil, and he needs to be killed. So I think but that they're, he, two, they're, they're two different motivations right there. You know, he could have. Bought time and then landed and buggered off again as soon as Vader landed. Or he could have killed him, but it was that line, then my friend is truly dead, that muddles the motivation for me. Yeah, but he says that... Because if after... he didn't think it until that moment, he... then uh, up until that point, he was under the illusion that his friend was still there. I No, I think he, he thought he was not seeing Anakin anymore. And then he cracks Darth Vader's helmet and he hears his friend again. And yeah. he sees part of his friend's face. And that's because he was, I, I think at that point, he was, I mean, you see him and the way he's fighting and everything. He's not holding back at all. He is yeah. going to kill Darth Vader. And dude... I I was telling this this I did tell you before, but I gotta say it again. I've I've never felt much for Hayden Christensen's Anakin. I I love Anakin in the uh, in Clone Wars and and, but I've never felt much for him. It's like it's fine, you know. It's it is what it, it is what it is. But in this fight, I. I had goosebumps. I and at that moment, like I got teary eyed when I started hearing him, and and I felt so freaking bad for. I could hear the emotion Anakin. in your voice when you were talking no, about it just like, now. I could hear it. Well, it's just that I don't know. It just hit me very differently. That and I think that we've over the last couple of years in the comic books and in the, you know and in Rogue One, we keep seeing like you know. Vader the attack dog and and how he's like you know brutal and, yeah, and badass Vader badass Vader who was like you know killed like broke the neck from like that kid in that early, in an earlier episode and it's like how is this guy how can this guy be redeemed like how can we feel anything for this dude yeah, yeah, yeah. and in that like in that fight in this in this finale I was like wait that's that's Anakin. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, that's Sky Guy. That is, you know, and maybe it also helps that I just finished um, Queen's Hope and I moved on to Brotherhood right now. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of that too. Yeah. So I'm in the mid. I'm very much in like an Anakin sort of like Obi Wan and Padme like reading. <laughs> so, but the thing that, the thing that broke me 
was Ewan's I'm Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. No. So, all of it. so good. Yeah. No, the way that... And he... that's... But you could also... Which is what I was kind of talking about earlier. You can see... You can see the weight being lifted from his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. He's waited 10 years just to say... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's... He's been waiting that whole time. Now he gets a chance. He gets. He says it. He because that's a that's a that's when he realizes that it is possible that Anakin might still be there. I just I I yeah. don't think he he didn't think he would ever have that opportunity again. Then he sees it. He's like, I can say this now. Trying to see if he could appeal to Anakin, and then Anakin was slash Vader. Right? He's like, No, Anakin is dead. <laughs> Uh, there is no yeah. Anakin, this is what you made me blah, blah blah so it's like and that's when he realizes that yeah his friend is truly dead so I don't think there's much I mean I think he was going to kill him I think that was his motivation um, and him changing his mind there to be tracked but I was also just very emotionally invested because <laughs> it was just hitting me hard man so I don't know <laughs> and I, I, I did love uh it, it was a throwaway line, and it was deliberately written to tie in with the original trilogy, but just him calling him Darth. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that, too. I could, yeah, I definitely went, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like when he calls him Darth, because that was back when he was, uh, that was his name. He wasn't a Darth Vader yet, right? <laughs> yeah. So I like that part, too, where it's like, okay, so that's just what he calls him, Darth. <laughs> uh, and then the last, I mean, I'll be honest, I've, I've spoke about before overall i was fairly underwhelmed by the yeah. fight i don't know what it was but i was fairly underwhelmed but the last 10 minutes of his show yeah god damn it <laughs> god <laughs> damn it i think the first episode is note perfect the last 10 minutes uh note perfect oh wait no i missed something i did miss something what's that so owen fighting reaver for some reason he's got the exact same metal pole that they use in the trash compactor on the Death Star. Oh, does he? How is that possible? <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> and I'm sure... But there's some... I've been racking my brains all day. There's another example of that pole turning up in media recently, and I can't remember where it was. It must have been in Mando, because that's the only other live-action oh. stuff we've got. Um, but yeah, apparently it's a really common pole well, in the Star Wars universe. Like, like uh, George Lucas says, you know, Star Wars rhymes. So... <laughs> It is all about poles. It's all about poles. It's all about <laughs> wounds to the gut. <laughs> and so the last ten minutes, everything with Leia was great. Yeah, Ev- everything. And then Obi Wan goes back to his cave, and he leaves his cave, and he's in his flashy new costume. Yes, yes. So the white costume with the backpack and the goggles, and Those we've seen this in the Marvel cool. comics, right? Yes, we have. <clears throat> But it's the same costume that we see him in the Marvel comics from the journals of uh, Ben Kenobi, which there's a bit of continuity hoo-ha about how this show ties into those comics, but, you know, squint and it fits, it's fine. Yeah. But this costume comes from the 2013 Sideshow statuette. So this design's been around for a long time. Oh, man. That's a deep And cut. we even made Charles read the accompanying short story from this statue oh, yeah. a couple of episodes back, Desert Nomad. It's that statue. If you go onto the Star Wars Archives Twitter or my Twitter, I posted the statuette and um, the short story today. It's the same design, the exact That's same so cool. design. Nine years later, we see That's it on the so screen. That's so cool. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 
And we finally, after that, we finally get what we have been waiting for this entire series, which is the... Hello there. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, every time, you're like, come on, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? And I'm like, well, I guess also we were waiting for a Qui-Gon Jin appearance. Yes. But, but that, that whole bit with Luke playing and the toy being on the back yeah. of Izzyope, uh, yeah. the EOP and... Owen just going, you want to meet him? That gave me goosebumps. That oh, was like, oh, <laughs> Because we all know that, you know, Luke's my boy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was, again, note perfect. The last 10 minutes of this episode, yeah. note perfect. I I mean, I the first episode, to me, it start, the whole series started out great. And I thought, to me, the, the last episode generally worked for me, except for, yeah, maybe the, the Riva plot points. Um, but I think it, it started out great. It ended in a very high note for me. The middle was a little too muddy, and that, that's where I was like earlier in, the, in our in our episode, where I was like maybe they had to pad it or something, and that's why like some things didn't quite work for me. But generally, I mean, definitely a fun ride. <laughs> but let's I mean let's be absolutely clear. I don't know about you, but my life is better than this show exists. <laughs> So, you know, I, I'm not going to complain. It, I don't know if my life is better, but it did bring me joy. So Okay, there we go. That'll do. <laughs> it brought me joy uh, while I was watching it. I would rather it would exist than not exist. Uh, yes, I'll agree with that one. With that, yes, that's it, man. <laughs> All right, Trev. So, uh, we're running a little long here, but I think uh, we've covered the heck out of this series. Up yes, until and we get to season two. introduced people to a lot of Easter eggs. Right. So, do we have any batshit crazy book to discuss? I did. I came into this episode with a batshit crazy book. And then I realized that we made Charles talk about it. <laughs> and, couple, and we just mentioned it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I don't. All right. All right. So, no batshit crazy book. But we do have a bedtime story again. After a couple of yes. uh, weeks without one. Because we had other stuff going on with Celebration and all that. But... We have another one, and uh, so yeah, just stay tuned after we close out the episode, right? That's how it's been a little while since we recorded one of these things, right? So it's uh, we play it after the outro, correct? No, we do the bedtime story. The bedtime story. Then you'll come and lead lead us out. Okay, all right. So just uh, well, here let's put the thing right now uh, and sit down, guys, and relax and enjoy the bedtime story, and we'll be right back. Well, it's that time again, friends. Uh, we have gone through a number of people at UTIM, and now we're back to me. Um, so hopefully this time I can do better than last time. We'll see what uh, we'll see how we do. I don't have no idea what Travis sent me over here. So as always, just uh, sit down comfortably and get ready for a bedtime story. Okay, so the letter goes. Hi, Jose. Now that we are done with Obi-Wan Kenobi, it is only fitting that this bedtime story continues the theme. Unfortunately, I already gave that story to Charles. Well, <laughs> great. Uh, so check that story out uh, on YouTube, I guess, uh, or our podcast. All right. So for you, I have chosen something that is still relevant and possibly more to your particular tastes. 
This vignette titled Darth Vader Dark Contemplation, like the story that Charles read, was published by Sideshow Collectibles in October of 2013 with the release of a statuette of the same name. So here we go. Darth Vader, Dark Contemplation. Volcanic fire seethes and spits at his feet as the molten river roars. Its rumblings an echo of his own agonized howls on his blackened shore five years gone. The lava's glow bathes him in a scorching heat. Encased in that black armor, he feels nothing. A hissing sound escapes his helmet as he as his unfeeling cyborg hand releases it, lifting free the face of Darth Vader and exposing the ruined head of Anakin Skywalker. The scorched Mustafar air feels what remains of his lungs, wheezing. He breathes it, breathes it, uh, breathes it in as deep as he can, welcoming the pain, embracing its familiarity and its contrast to the stale, tasteless air to which he's grown accustomed. The pain brings the clarity he seeks, the pain of fire and of memory. He holds the helmet before him and gazes into the black and soulless eyes of the creature he's become. Behind the mask, the river of fire flows. Ghostly echoes of his past flow with it. There have been many paths to choose in the course of his life. The choices made there eventually led him here to the site of his rebirth, where he was baptized in agony and betrayal. The bright blade of his best friend, together with the molten fires of his hateful world, took everything. He was left to die with only his resolve. That same resolve drove, drove him to dark deeds in the name of a greater galaxy. He carried him through his betrayal of Master Windu, the slaughter of his Jedi brothers and sisters, and the death of his wife. All that was Anakin Skywalker was burned away by action and fire. All that remains is the purity of this thing in his hand. The black skull-like visage returns his gaze as he takes one last rasping breath of the air around him. Raising the mask to his head, he locks it in place. Behind him, his black cape whips and snaps in the hot wind as the familiar sound of Lord Vader's mechanical breathing returns wow this is uh this was intense trev it's really good but all of it just rings just slightly differently after uh after that whole series you know say what you say about the show um that's uh that was intense um but really good so thank you trev i hope you guys uh enjoyed that short story and you know check out all the other ones that are here on youtube uh or if you're listening to this on the podcast then go to youtube and check out all the other stories too and youtube.com all right thank you guys and hope uh hope you enjoyed that goodbye so and for all of you loyal listeners who have stuck with us i've got to say we're not going to tell you what it is but we have got some really really interesting episodes coming up some real surprises we're gonna try a few new different things i'm excited jose's excited yeah we want you to be excited so stay tuned yeah for sure all right well let's close out this episode 
Um, as I've mentioned throughout the episode, we are going to be sharing a lot of things, in, or we constantly share a lot of things in our Discord. So if you haven't done uh, gone there yet, go to utinia.com slash Discord and click the Join Now button on that page. Uh, Trev and I spend a lot of time in there. Trev definitely spends a lot more time in there than I do lately because <laughs> yeah. I've been really busy with work. But there's, uh, you know, we have a pretty active community, not only talking about Star Wars archives and share, you know, seeing all the random stuff that Trev and I share, but there's a whole bunch of other channels where other, you know, Star Wars nerds are sharing their things too. Uh, so besides in Discord, you can also find us on Twitter. I am at the Joxy, which is T H E J O X I I I. Trev, what's your Twitter handle? I am at Davy Todd on Twitter. And we also have the Twitter handle for our show, where we sometimes also put some things there, right? Yep. So we are at SW Archives Pod. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Trev. Thanks again for uh, this extra long. No, I think we've we've done longer episodes, but this is slightly longer yeah. than normal episode of the Star Wars Archives. That's about standard these days. Standards. <laughs> we had a lot to cover. It was six episodes of yeah. of information. Um, but yes, thank you, Trev. Thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. And thank you, dear listeners, for continuing to hear us talk about everything and anything Star Wars. And with that, I can now say radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.